All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Dr. Jacob Larson, and this is Jacob Larson Show. In this show, we like to talk about uh, education, technology, media, and um, in this episode, I want to talk about accreditation as a process, right? I <laughs> know we're all exciting, right? Um, but it's a it's a common process that uh, educators at all levels um, probably are going to need to go through at some point, especially if they're in some sort of leadership position. Um, at, at my site where I work, I am on the leadership team. And uh, this, I recently finished my second time going through the accreditation process. So I, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it so that if you're getting ready to go through accreditation, maybe I can kind of open your eyes up to what our experience was like, maybe prep you a little bit. Um, maybe you can learn a little bit from mistakes that we made. Um, maybe it's just informative and interesting. So that's, uh, that's kind of the goal. All right, so let's start, let's start um, with a couple of basics, and I'm going to backtrack, and I don't know. We'll go through We'll go through everything. All right, here we go. We are a high school, a joint junior high high school, which isn't super common. So we go grades 7 through 12, um, based in southeastern Arizona. In the past, accreditation went through an organization called Advanced Ed. It's spelled advanced, but they put the ED and make it capitalized. Um, Advanced Ed is now owned by a new organization called Cognia. So in the past, if you've done accreditation through Advanced Ed or if you've heard of them, uh, Cognia is, is the new name, but still some of the things still say Advanced Ed on them. So that might, might explain or clarify a few things for you. Um, when I'd looked into this in the past, and, and I assume I'm remembering this correctly, at different levels, there's different organizations that do accreditation, and there may be uh, some sort of governing third-party body that's appropriate for whatever that organization is. So, for example, and this was brought up several times through our last accreditation, North Central something or other association, I don't know, um, used to be the name of the organization that did our high school accreditation. Well, as I've looked it up in the past, Advanced Ed bought them, now, Cognia has taken over of Advanced Ed, so it's all essentially still the same thing. And as I've looked up in the past, at least here in Arizona, that North Central is still the name, I think, on the accreditation for the universities here. So like um, ASU, U of A. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're regional for this side of the country or if they, if they extend further, but they're an outside party that gives their stamp of approval through an accreditation process. So what's accreditation and what's its purpose? Accreditation is not a stamp of approval that comes from your local Department of Education. It doesn't come from your city. It doesn't come from your state. It comes from a different group. In this case, we use Cognia. So what's the purpose? The purpose in what the public sees is that, oh, they're accredited, they're good. That they, what they're doing is following some sort of approval process or, or whatever, right? 
that's not how the accreditors see the process. And especially not now, because Cognia, the way they explain it, they've kind of updated and changed their outlook on this whole process as well within the past couple years. The process as they see it as a process for not just to see whether or not you're accredited, but for school improvement, which I think is a, it's a good sell. It's a good reason to go through this process because it's not just a dog and pony show in theory, a dog and pony show to make you know, people happy that you can put the sticker on your front door or put it on your website or some sort of material saying that you're a great school. If it's really for a process of improvement, of school improvement, then it puts you on a path that we're always trying to be better. And this process it gives us guidance where we bring in an outside organization to kind of double check us on our progress, kind of give us some things to focus on and then sends us back on our way. And they only do it, you know, every so many years. That is definitely something that you can see the value in that. That's not necessarily how everyone sees the process though. I'm sure a lot of people see this process as a burden that it's, some difficult and wieldy thing to where you have to collect a lot of documents. You need to have someone, you know, <laughs> invade the privacy of your school and look at all these things. And that's absolutely a justified reaction to the process. So let me tell you about our most recent experience, which is unusual because we did it during the pandemic. And, uh, and then, you know, maybe give you some uh, some insight onto what the process might currently look like. Okay, so back in the spring, we we knew that this was coming up because it had been about five years or so. Um, you might get different lengths of accreditation depending on your level. Like I know my, my community college where I work at, they just went through a really aggressive process about two years ago, I think, that got them a 10-year uh, accreditation. It was really important to them, and and uh, that went through a lot of paperwork. At our level, we do five years. I think if they're concerned, they might give something that's a little bit shorter with some, I don't know, a bit of a probation. But at our, our level, we go for a five-year accreditation process, and we just renew it every five years and go through something similar to this. There's There's two parts. There's an internal review, which is, what the site itself does, the leadership team, whoever's involved, looking at yourself, collecting documents, surveying stakeholders, and looking at all the different things for, with their guidance for their established standards from the accreditation uh, body, their standards for what the school should be trying to do so that you can see whether you measure up or not. Then when the time comes, an external review team, someone representing the accreditation body will come in and they will spend a couple days on site, except during a pandemic, but they'll typically spend a couple days on site where they're going to meet with different stakeholder groups. Um, they're going to meet with the principal, the leadership team, whoever. Um, they're going to go observe what's happening in the classroom and they'll talk to students, they'll talk to parents, they'll talk to 
anyone that's really related to the process. Um, they'll look over a bunch of paperwork and documentation, and then they kind of report out. Now, our experience was a little bit different this time around. We knew back during the spring that this was coming before COVID really hit the United States. We wanted to get to like this big training, uh, one, two days, I don't know how long it was supposed to be, that was going to walk us through the process for what we are going to need to do. We wanted to do that back in February, but we were having trouble communicating with them and getting uh, answers back. So we, we were kind of in a bit of a, I don't know, limbo on what to do. We weren't able to attend that training, and then COVID hit, and yeah, that was the least of our concerns at the time until we get back to October, and it's time to, to meet up again um, and do that. The time that we actually had uh, our review was a couple weeks after we had returned to in-person learning for probably about half of our students. The other half were continuing through distance learning. And that would have been really interesting if people were going to be on campus observing us, but they never did. They did everything through Zoom. So leading up to the process, maybe about a month ahead of time, we had a, a meeting with uh, someone from Cognia, kind of explained what we needed to do. We weren't able to attend that training, so this meeting was really important. We kind of went through this process, and we met with them. I took a bunch of notes, other members of the team. We took notes and kind of had an idea of what we needed to do. I'd been through the process before. The principal had been through the process before. I'd been on an external review team before, so I've seen it from all sides. And that's something that was really important for us five years ago was that we knew exactly what to expect. So back when it was advanced ed, just advanced ed before Cognia, um, I went and I was on a team for a different school. It was a school that was maybe an hour away. Um, I spent a couple of days there. I went through the whole process. I got to see what happened on the other end. And that's, I still think, part of the process is you're going to have volunteer people, and then you're going to have um, people that are actually represent the organization on these teams. They're going to be looking over things. Now, I, I'm sure, I, I assume that they're going to try and do this, what I'm about to explain, consistently. But we, um, everyone on the review team was from Arizona in some way. Um, they had some sort of relevance to our state. And so it wasn't like someone from New York City was trying to review what we're doing out here in Arizona. Everyone was within a few hours of where we're from. So I think that that was good. That made sense for them to do that, To even though they weren't physically traveling here. They had an awareness of our state and things that are consistent with the state. For example, um, we have a an internal instrument within the state of Arizona that we call a, a CNA. There may be a similar term. Um, I think it comes from our Department of Ed, and I'm sure it's very similar in other places, but CNA um, stands for Comprehensive Needs Assessment, and that's something we've been doing for several years for other reasons within the state 
So when it came to the accreditation process, we had already reviewed ourselves consistently over the last several years. So the process, we had to jump ahead on that. We like to survey our parents, I think, once or so a year. We had done some teacher surveys where we had students survey the teachers back about a year ago now. And so we had, we had done a lot of this even before we knew what Cognia was looking for. So we had, we had a lot of data. So when we met with Cognia, and they, they kind of explained the process, we weren't, I, I wasn't, I guess I shouldn't speak for everyone. I wasn't that concerned because I knew we'd be able to figure it out. Also, they had basically explained, I think they're a little less punitive now than they used to be in the past. Um, they're not really looking to not give anybody accreditation, though they in the, in the past there were in the past there were five different categories of accreditation you could receive, and four of them were accredited. Only one wasn't, so it was going to be an extreme case if they didn't grant accreditation. Um, I got the impression that what the the way they basically explained it to us: as long as we're taking the process seriously we're probably going to get accredited, you know, unless there were some significant errors. So we knew that we'd been working really hard and we weren't that concerned that it wasn't going to go well. And, and it did, it went well, but it, uh, it could have gone better. So let me talk a little bit about that. As we got close to the time for them to actually show up, you know, we're starting to get some emails like, where's your documentation or whatever. And their, their system was a little bit goofy. I think they could improve this quite a bit. So what do you have to do? What, do you what sort of documentation do you need to provide them? Well, they have about three different sets of, I say sets, three categories of standards, each with about 10, not exactly, about 10 standards that they're looking for. They call them the advanced ed performance standards. Um, and their categories were... These aren't the exact words, but leadership, learning, and resources. So the focus, again, is on what's leadership and administration doing, um, how effective is the processes you use for learning. So it's not necessarily about the teachers as it is about the product of learning. And then the resources at the school. Um, I think there's fewer, uh, less than 10 of those. Anyway, altogether, you get about 30 standards. And so what they want is they're like, all right, here are the standards. Provide us documentation for each of these standards showing that you do them. Like that's the simplest way I can put it. So it's like, okay. So we started collecting a, a bunch of things. Um, we, we looked at our, our comprehensive needs assessment to see how we'd graded ourselves in the past. And along with that, you make a list of uh, sort of the documents that support those findings. Um, so we we did kind of this awkward process of, of trying to, to figure that out. Instead of going directly to the, the advanced ed standards, we, we kind of translated it through what we had already done before. In the end, I, I just kind of had to, to work from the advanced ed standards. As we were getting close, they were getting a little antsy that we hadn't turned some things in, but it was it was a lot of paperwork to organize together. So um, they ended up having to get a sub to cover me so I could 
instead of being in the classroom because students had just come back, I could spend an entire day looking over the documents we had collected, looking for new documents, and then putting them into their system in the way that they wanted. Now, here's where I think their system could be a little bit better. They just have one shared folder on, um, on a website, essentially a, a cloud, cloud-based cloud system, where you put all your, your documents in there, and then you just name them in a way so that it's clear which standard that lines up for. So, for example, if it's standard 1.1, you put 1.1 and then the rest of the title for the document. And if there's multiple standards that it lines up with, it's 1.1, 1.1. 8, 1.9, and then the name, and so on. So the idea is that you, you would have to take all these documents and then you have to name it for every single thing that it, it could possibly relate to. In the past, you would, it was less digital, it was a lot more paper-based. You create this big binder and then you're just duplicating a lot of these standards. And they seem to think that this process was much more convenient. To a degree, yes, it was. I think in total, there were fewer standards to try and support or justify that we were following. But if I were to make one suggestion, it would be this. When you upload a document, maybe just have like a checklist next to it that you can just mark which standards it lines up with. And then... You don't have to do some weird name for the file. You just mark it, oh, this has to do with this one and this one and this one. There you go. Especially because every time you renamed it, it it completely deleted the previous name and it was a little bit goofy. It wasn't the most convenient process to do it in the way that they wanted the documentation submitted. Anyway, I spent an entire day, we got everything uploaded and got everything ready. And then uh, time came and the external review started. Um, they had sent us like some messages for Zoom meetings, um, which we, we showed up for. Uh, so we just logged in and, uh, and then we met with them. They asked us a bunch of questions after they had looked over our documentation. So we were able to, to explain them. Our, there was a little bit of confusion on what they wanted and then what they actually did. We were under the impression that there was supposed to be some sort of presentation, that five minutes of the presentation was going to be the demographics of the school. And then the remaining 40 minutes of the presentation was kind of explaining the standards and justifying that. And then in a separate meeting, there was going to be the leadership talking and, and whatever. What it turned out was they scheduled two meetings back to back and they're like, yeah, if you have a presentation, go ahead and give it. Well, we just want to talk about this. You, you explain, we'll ask questions if we have them which I'm sure they felt was just being really nice and casual about the process. And in the end, sure. But <laughs> slightly confusing. And uh, we're preparing for something that they weren't expecting. And that's probably not efficient. Anyway, so, you know, our, our, our principal kind of gave his presentation. Then we answered questions. Um we went through that. We, uh, throughout the, the next couple days, they had a couple Zoom meetings with different stakeholder groups. There's, we had had the leadership meetings, so they met with some students. They met with some 
parents. They met with some teachers and some of the other supporting staff at the school. Um, they weren't able to observe any classrooms. And they didn't try to. Like, they didn't want us to put a camera in the back so that they could see it and do anything awkward like that. They just said, we'll just look at the paperwork instead. So I don't know if that's something they're moving away from. I know that that uh, was an incredibly important part of what we did the first time around because I, I got to do that when I was on an external review team. But they seemed to think that that wasn't necessary uh, this time around. So when it got to the last day of the process, they had... Um, another meeting with us where they reported out and they just had a very simple um, slide show that they presented to us. They basically said, yes, we agree. We think you have a good understanding of your site. Here are some suggestions and we're going to recommend you for accreditation. And you'll get that back in like 45 days. And then it was over. It was just done. Now, in a couple years, we have to report some updates. But other than that, we're like five years away from the next time we have to deal with this in terms of as an accreditation process. So takeaways. Um, it wasn't that bad. I, I, I think they could communicate the process better. I think probably a series of videos, and maybe these are available, but we weren't made aware of them. A series of videos just on their site explaining things. Um, you know, they weren't responding to emails. There was some miscommunication along the way. If they updated their system so it was a little more effective for identifying which standards documents align with, um, yeah, I think they could make this better. But... In the end, it wasn't that scary. It turned out okay. It also helped that we'd been trying so hard for similar processes consistently over the last several years that this wasn't very new compared to what we had already done for the state. So it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Now, I imagine if you're getting ready for an accreditation process, uh, this this could be very overwhelming and absolutely, especially if you haven't gone through this process before because it's a little bit unclear. What sort of documents do you want to give? The standards don't clearly identify the kinds of documents that would support it. They just explain what you need to try and do. And then you find out how to basically justify that you're doing that. Um, so I think... It could be a little bit more clear from their side. They were very forgiving, and they, they basically told us that from the beginning. As long as we were taking the process seriously, everything was going to be fine, and that they definitely held true on that. I, I guess I wasn't that nervous about it. Maybe we're just all a little bit exhausted from the pandemic and everything else that's happening, that this was just like, is one more thing. It's going to come and go whether it goes well or not. But we tried. We, we took it serious. Um, when we had to dedicate time to do it, we did. And uh, in the end, it was okay. So I think accreditation can be a very positive process for schools to reflect on what you're doing well. Are you involving stakeholders? Are you using data appropriately? Do you have good systems in place 
to make sure that you're you're efficient, students are learning, that you're being good stewards of of the monies you receive. It's it's a good process. And if you aren't already doing that, it may seem like it, it's a bit startling if you're not already going through a similar review process. But if you are, this may not be that scary and it may, may not be that different. It's just a matter of learning how to get them what they want and the way that they want it so that you can go through the process. You may already have an effective process in place to review how effective your site is. And we're a relatively small school. I imagine it, it could be much more complicated for a larger site or if you're going for an entire system review because that's something that's possible where they're looking at, say, a whole district trying to get accreditation. That would be a very different process as well. Um, as I understand it, in Arizona, this may be similar other places, elementaries don't require accreditation. It's something that happens high school level. And like I mentioned, it's also a college level thing. If you get a system accreditation review, that could include um, lower level schools as well. So that was kind of our experience. That's that's what we just went through. I thought, you know what, that's while it's fresh in my mind, I should uh, I should go ahead and record and just put that into the world because that might be helpful to someone somewhere. So that's it. We just went through accreditation process with Cognia Advanced Ed. It went pretty well. It wasn't that scary. And uh, I hope this was helpful for you. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, if you are watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, feel free to make comments there. And I and I. I review uh, everything that that people send to me, and I really appreciate your uh, your paying attention and you know checking this out. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for doing that. I, I appreciate any sort of comments that anyone has to say. If there's something specific you'd like for me to talk about, I'd love to do that as well because uh, I'm here to help. So again, I'm Dr. Jacob Lardson. This has been the Jacob Lardson Show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I will see you in the next one. Bye.